Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education for the scam that it is. I am Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our children, we're losing an entire generation. And today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects, undaunted by political correctness. And you know, I've been thinking about it, and Senator McCarthy was right. There are communists within our midst, but instead of Arthur Miller getting away with it this time, it's at a whole academic institution, and it's corrupting our youth. And this is a serious problem, because we're losing the commonality of what makes us Americans. So today, we're going to explore why this is the crime of the century. So for those who don't uh, remember what happened uh, or don't recall the 1950s with Senator McCarthy and um, really what happened uh, with, with that whole uh, HUAC called the House of Un-American Activities, really what it was was during the Cold War there was a scare of, uh, of communists who were in our midst, and really there, there were some. In fact, uh, the Soviets really helped their uh, nuclear project in the 50s and 60s, uh, siphoning information from spies that were working on the Manhattan Project. So there was, was some good that came out of it. Unfortunately, some people who were not communists um, did suffer some consequences, but at the same time, it did allow us to apprehend uh, spies and people who really sought to bring down the U.S. And so, really, and one of the people that I believe got away with it was Arthur Miller. I mean, you can't read some of the stories that he wrote and say he wasn't a communist. I mean, just the, his, his view of the world and the way that he wrote things, especially uh, Death of a Salesman. Uh, that one has, I mean, I could do a whole podcast on that. I'm not going to because nobody likes to read books anymore or uh, plays, but, you know, there are... The, just these communist overtones. I could see where McCarthy was going with that, but you know Miller was, I believe, married to Marilyn Monroe at the time, and there was no way he was going down for it. And so instead, they turned um, uh, McCarthy uh, turned it around on him. And eventually, uh, the Wisconsin Center was disgraced and uh, vacated office. And what this really has to do with today is the issues that we don't have someone who's willing to go out and call a duck a duck, which was what McCarthy was doing. He saw from his government position uh, communists and ne'er-do-wells in, in the government, and he was willing to say something about it. And so he had to deal with the slings and arrows of his enemies, and he did. And unfortunately, it, it led to his demise, but we don't have anybody like that anymore. So the first Really, that's not necessarily a point, but I want you to understand what happened uh, and what ha what really has the ability to happen within this country when somebody sees something and does something about it. But the second point I wanted to make actually also has to do with the Soviet Union, but uh, if you fast forward about 40 years to uh, 1991, what began to happen, they had this thing called the Eastern Bloc, which was created after World War II, uh, Poland's... Uh, the Baltic states, uh, the Balkans, the uh, East Germany. So the, there was no Germany before uh, 1991. Between 1945 and 1941, uh, 1991, it was split between Western Germany and Eastern Germany. 
But the East was falling apart, especially after the Berlin Wall. They had this huge flight of populists who were going into the prospering West. Um, really, a dichotomy of, that shows communism doesn't work because you have the West, which is the Western Germany, which has been prospering basically since uh, the, the mid-50s. As soon as they were able to rebuild uh, what was lost in World War II, the, uh, the West, with help from uh, the U.S. and uh, the U.K. and a lot of the Allies, far, far outclassed the East, which the Soviets basically went in there and raided materials and anything that's still of use and took it back to Russia. So the East really had to start over. But what happened here, obviously all of the communist professors were installed at various universities, uh, communist uh sympathizers within the government were promoted into uh, public positions. So uh, really the attempt was to, to get a stranglehold on uh, Eastern Germany. But what happened in the 90s when the Soviet Union began to fall apart and therefore the Eastern Bloc, uh, Poland in the late 80s successfully threw the communists out and uh, established themselves as being a truly independent country and Romania followed and all these and, and Hungary and all these countries that really did not like the communists at all really were able to throw them off and and in the late 80s and one of those places places that really it was kind of forced was uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall in 89 with uh, Ronald Reagan really promoting that so East Germany um, really kind of morphed into West Germany and kind of reformed Germany. Well, their professors, and this is the point I wanted to make, uh, they couldn't get a job, certainly not in the East, and they, the West really wasn't obviously welcoming of the communists at that point, so uh, they didn't really have anywhere to go except for the academic institutions in the U.S. because these... Uh, as the U.S. has always been, you know, welcoming to, to immigrants on our shores and people looking for a job, especially for these, on paper, very qualified immigrants. You know, they have papers and, 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 and are legal. But what they carry with them, it's almost, it's almost like the, the, the Black Death of the 1300s where they just carry with them this disease and really something that's wholly anti-American. And, and so what they were able to do was kind of sink their teeth into some of the larger universities. And a lot of them would go into history and literature and um, not the science, not necessarily the sciences and, and, and math. And what they would do is they start to turn these subjects into indoctrination courses, courses where they would teach Americans what they used to teach German students in the East because that's what they knew. And so you already had these professors, and the point I made last podcast um, and, the, and the ninth one was, you have these, these, these hippies, really, that, that haven't seen the rest of the world, and now they get these other, otherworldly, uh, uh, you know, communists that are, are German, so they don't sound like them, and, um, you know, so they're foreigners, and they're foreigners that, that are communists, so the, the two of them share a symbiotic relationship here, where now these, the, the, the communists feel more empowered, and you start to see and academic circles, this slow change in the 90s that really came, is coming to a head now as most of the professors um, aren't even just leftists. The typical leftist in this country is, is Rousseauian, but is not 
anti-American. I would not call a average Democrat from, you know, that somebody who was just an average Democrat in the 70s and 80s would probably be considered a Republican today, but, but I would not consider them an enemy. They are very American. They just believe the government should have a little bit more role than the conservatives do. Fine, but the communists think that there should only be the government, and they are against that American system, and what they've done is created such a radicalized group of young students. This is the point I wanted to make about the professors moving from a communist country right and, and, and having to do nothing except move right to the U.S. It, it creates this, this, this divide where these young people suddenly only know what they know uh, from these communist professors. And so they come out into the, into the world and naturally the U.S. is very capitalistic. Each man is his own man. And you go and no matter what age, as long as you provide a value to someone, you are compensated. Bigger uh, problem solved, you know, the more you're compensated. That's how the world works. That's how it should work. That's how it's always worked. But you get these students now that have been taught that, oh, the people who have money, well, they just have always had money and they showed up. Not a lot of cases. The, the U.S. has created more millionaires of color in the past 20 years than any other country in the world. The U.S. has had more self-made millionaires than any country in the world, I'm sure, other than maybe the U.K., but, but uh, I haven't looked up the history for that, but I'm sure the U.S. has created, created more wealth, more people that started with nothing. Some of them are 60 when they make money. Uh, uh, Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken, we all know what it is. He was, what, like in the 60s? He'd just gotten back from World War II uh, when he started his company, and he, you know, he made it rich, so it doesn't matter your age, your color, anything. You can make it rich here, but what these students are told is that there's some sort of oppressive structure and uh, oppressive, uh, like we said on the last podcast, uh, this oppressive masculine structure, this oppressive this and that, and that's what they're seeking to destroy, but really what they're doing is taking away all of the things that enable capitalism, which is truly the only system that can work in a country like this, and trying to change it into something that that it can't be. And what they're doing is turning the U.S. into, uh, the, the government into a tyrannical entity because they demand so much more uh, from the government. And the more the government needs to cover, the more tax dollars they need to cover. The more tax dollars they take away from somebody, the less the person has to, has to do uh, to go and invest and reinvest. Um, and so that's, that's the, the second point that I want to make here. Not only is capital, capitalism the only system that can work in America, but it's the most, uh, it's, it, it's the one that, that, that has to work here because it, without it, we have no America. The, 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 the Constitution, everything around it is just words. True freedom is economic freedom, and the only true economic freedom exists in capitalism. So here's, here's what I'm setting up here. You have these... Professors who come from a communist system where everybody except for the few at the top are broke. Then they come to the U.S. where there, there are obviously poor people in the U.S. because there's poor people everywhere. Um, and that's not a bad thing. But they have an opportunity to rise up by their own actions. They don't see that though. See, because the, the communist professors only see the world in a series of this class is oppressing this class and these two are fighting. Even if it's not that way. So that's the first point I want to make. And the second point is 
that's what they're imparting on our students. That's why we're losing this generation. That's why I said it in the beginning, because we are losing that generation to the, this, this mindset, because that's all that's out there. That's all they're being taught. And the third point I wanted to make was that, 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 that capitalism is American. So without it, you have no America. And so by attacking capitalism, you're attacking the foundation of the United States. And this isn't just some pipe dream. This is happening as we speak. And so the only logical conclusion you can come to is that communism is the enemy of America and will always be until one of us is destroyed. And there is no way out of that, that, that struggle. And so you have these students from the inside, really, that are, it's not like, you know, the communist countries that are left, officially communist countries who left Cuba and, the, you know, North Korea, sort of. Not like they could take down the U.S. externally, but internally. We're losing what has made this country great because we're losing the next generation. So you put it all together, we're fighting an invisible enemy. We're fighting for what makes us American, and we're not allowed to because we have these professors that, like I mentioned in the last podcast, their ideas trickle down. So not only are their ideas trickling down to the common man, but then they are grabbing these students and turning them into uh, communist soldiers who are so brainwashed that they can't understand what's happening in the world and they think they're going to be working at a Starbucks for the rest of their life as, as a barista. That's where everybody starts. Everybody's broke at 20. Everyone's broke at 21. But, you know, uh, in, unless you're given some sort of loan or have some sort of godly vision that turns into an empire, you still have that ability to turn into something. But you're, you're broke in the beginning. But what the professors are able to do is say, that's the way you're going to be forever because of these rich people or, you know, whatever they say. And so then, then take yourself and put yourself in the mind of a student. You're broke, like everybody is in their 20s. Your professor is saying you're broke because of the rich man, and that can be removed if we all join together like it's the Care Bears or something like that. And, and so your mindset, it starts to reinforce everything that you've been taught and starts to reinforce that and creates this kind of system of laziness and almost like a cycle where you believe it's somebody else that's making you poor, not your own inaction or your own inability to create value in the marketplace to drive money to you. Instead, what you're doing is thinking it's somebody else's fault so, so you're not creating any value and you're not adding. And so the, the coup de gras here, the cherry on top, the, what makes this the crime of the century, you're paying for it. And you're going to be paying for the rest of your life. My next book that's coming out is going to be explaining how, how the government is able to control, because of where your money is, how your money is spent. And this is, this is such a crucial piece of that, is why I called this book The Crime of the Century. Because you're paying for it. And the student debt that you get involved in, and then the inability to save for retirement until your 40s, the inability to, to buy anything until your 50s. No wonder you're going to think it's some rich guy that's taking all your money because you're not allowed to look at the fat cat politician who makes 200 grand a year um, and then has all these kickbacks and whatever. You're not allowed to look at them as a bad guy. Oh, no, they're your, they're your brother in this fight. Uh, only the Democrat you know, guy is, is, is your brother. The Republicans are the bad guys, right? Um, so then 
all this is reinforced, you pay for it, you go into, into debt, you get brainwashed, and at the end of it, all you are is a sad, crippled old man that, that has no real-world experience because you've never been allowed. That's such, such a crucial piece to understand. Not only are you being brainwashed, but you're paying for the privilege of it. So, so really, the, the point I'm trying to make here and why this is maybe the most important expose I've done here is we used to have safeguards against allowing these communists in, but, but we, we abandoned those in the, um, for, for political correctness, and that's the point I was trying to make with McCarthy. And then you have these East German professors who, who flood our shores and, and turn our institutions into these breeding grounds for, for communism and, and, and shut down other ideas of thought, which is what always happens within a communist dictatorship. And then the other point I want to make is that, that capitalism is American, and, and, and Americans are capitalists, and there's no se uh, separating the two. If you attack one, you attack the other. No communist is an American. But we're only taught the communist version of events and of history, and so we're losing, because you're attacking capitalism, you're attacking what it means to be an American. So we're losing that whole generation. We're, we're being brainwashed by the economic conditions that have been set up by some of these uh, these failures and reinforced by these professors. And so what's happening is we're going broke, we're going into debt, and we're not being allowed to see the only thing that'll get us out of it is fighting and attacking and going to get it and getting rid of these these horrible diseases, these the, 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 the communistic mentalities that have been brought to our shores. And that's why this is part of the crime of the century. And, and, and next week, I, I want to elaborate more on why, why everybody feels broke and, and why you know, your money goes out the window and how that reinforces what the professors are saying. Not that they're right, but that it adds credence to what they're saying, adds teeth to what they're saying, and unfortunately helps us lose an entire generation and lose this country. I'm Kevin Prenville, and this is The Crime of the Century.